my name is Julie Turney, and this is the HR Sound Off Podcast Show, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent topics and trends as it relates to our professions. We're going to have amazing conversations with HR professionals from all over the world, get to learn their origin stories. How did they get into this profession? What do they love about being here? And how they want to set the record straight on that one misconception that really drives them crazy about our profession. Are you ready? I'm ready. Then let's sound off. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the HR Sound Off Podcast Show. My name is Julie Turney, and I am your host. I hope you guys are doing well today. Today, we're going to be talking about, I'm exposing one of the many hidden treasures in the HR space, and we're going to talk about HR Labs in Los Angeles. And joining me today to have this conversation about the company, what they do, how they help professionals and organizations, is the founder and CEO, yes? Yes. Anna, <laughs> Anna, Anna, Anna. Anna. <laughs> hi, hi, Anna. everyone. Julie, I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for you reaching out to me. It's, it's an honor. It's a pleasure. So it's, it's very nice. I appreciate it. I appreciate the invite. And I hope, you know, we, I hope we have a good time. I'm sure we will. <laughs> of course we will. Of course we will. Of course we will. Sure we will. At my absolute pleasure. I always think that it's important to not only magnify HR voices in organizations, but HR professionals who have gone out on their own and done great things. And we talk about your lessons learned and why you decided to go on your own. So we'll ask all those questions. But before we get started, how about you tell us your HR origin story? How did you get here? How did I get here? It's been a lot of, it's been a very good journey, a very diverse journey. Mm-hmm. I started, you know, from a bachelor's in, I was started as a pre-med. Let's start from there. I was a pre-med. Yeah. So now even really? have that part of my, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I was a pre-med. And then in, in one summer session, I decided to go way above my, um, my expectations. And I took chemistry, biology, and chemistry lab in one summer quarter. So wow. that was five weeks. It was literally mission impossible that I got myself into. Uh-huh. And at some point I realized like, you know, it was like week two or three where I literally just didn't, didn't even have time to study. Right. Like I was going to have this time to study, but it was just impossible. Right. As I was walking home, me who will always do research and everything, you know, like always make sure that I do my research, do my due diligence, even right. like I was like 17, 18. Uh-huh. And without doing any research, I thought to myself as I was walking home that I hate biology. I hate memorizing stuff. Right. Give me the most complex things like chemistry. I love chemistry because there's, they have to mix things up. You have to understand things. I love analyzing, understanding, but biology, I hated it by all means. You know, like as I was walking, I was telling my friend, I was like, I don't need to know when you're like, this cells biology. I don't need to. And I look at a patient. I don't need to look at that. Tell them uh-huh. that you know, your Golgi apparatus does not look that good to me. Uh-huh. So I was like, you know, upset with myself, at myself, at biology, at the world. And I was like, I thought to myself that I need to figure out something that's going to give me a lot of opportunities. What's right. this major that's going to give me a lot of opportunities? Uh-huh. And in a matter of two hours, I came up with economics. Okay. So that was it. So I changed my major to economics and I graduated. I got my bachelor's when I was 19. Okay. So that was part one. 
Uh-huh. After my, my bachelor's, I went to Cambridge. I studied at Cambridge for six months. It was an amazing program, a very good insight. You know, just living in the UK was amazing. Yeah incredible Uh very very grateful for that experience and then I did my master's I got my MBA at the American University of Armenia so again like diverse experience I worked there as a translator I worked there as a compliance consultant so it's been diverse just in the beginning part of my journey and then as I came back I got my master's I came back and I literally got into like healthcare compliance so compliance Mm -hmm. audits you know preparing different facilities for audits so the government can come in, look at the facility in all different aspects of it and say, okay, you guys are good to build. Mm-hmm. You know, you can build a government for these patients and so all that, that, that sort of thing. So right. it's been very interesting, you know, and I loved compliance that literally sparked my interest because with compliance, there's just so much to learn. Like you can never say I'm a subject matter expert in compliance because no. it's just impossible. Yeah. <laughs> It's just yep. impossible. As you and I are talking, I'm sure like around the globe, there are so many laws that are changing. So you yes. can't never say, you know, one thing, right? One like thing. it's just, it's never ending. And it's, to so me, right. that's beautiful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's what I loved, loved, loved about compliance, you know, and as I was in compliance, you know, human resources were, I mean, by default, part of it. Yes. I was setting up personnel files. I was giving structure to the, to the human resources, but I was just doing much, much more. Right. So that was it, you know, like, so I was involved in it, even without me knowing it. I did not know what yeah. HR was at that point, which is something that we hear a lot from HR. Yes. Right. So I didn't know. And then at some point, you know, like as I was a consultant, I was striving a lot. I was everywhere, you know, like I would go to different states all the time. Yeah. And my family was like, you know, you're, it's too much, you know, maybe you need to like try to settle down, find yourself a stable job. You know, that's what you need to do. And somehow I got into my, one of my companies, you know, like that I worked for, for a very long time. And it was a very incredible experience. Yeah. It was amazing. It was so good. We got to grow the company and, you know, it was, it was just a very good journey as I was uh-huh. going with that company. But at the same time, there was a point when I had to lay off people and it was, it was heartbreaking to say the least. Yeah. It was, it was insane. It was not right. And it was not good. Mm-hmm. And I saw the different things at that company that, you know, like I to myself would have done things differently. And I, as an HR professional have prevented a lot of things from happening too. Right. But at the same time, you know, it never felt right. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just not good. So I always joke how, you know, like down the line, I'm going to write a book on like, you know, like what to do, like how, how not to be like an anti, like things that you shouldn't yeah. be doing as a leader. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, because I call like, you know, like I call that experience of pretty much like an anti-mentor. We have mentors, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we have anti-mentors. Those yes, are people true. like right? Like they teach us what not to do. Mm-hmm. How do you not make people cry? Yeah. You see from their example, you know, like the fact that they were so like not compassionate or they were so not like, you know, like careless yeah. that made this person feel a certain way. We see that. Yeah. So that to me was like, okay, like, you know, like it was a learning experience still. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, like, and at some point I realized that, you know, like I, I can't, this is not right. It didn't feel right. Right. And I stayed there for a very long time, very, very long time up until, you know, like it was literally like I, I, I just had to do my own. Yeah. I had to do my own. I had to share what I know more, you know, like help out. I just love sharing. I love, you know, like educating. Mm-hmm. So that was the part of me that was still there because I would do some trainings, you know, at that company. But it was right. just not enough. 
Yeah. I was not getting my dose of like, you know, teaching, yeah. leadership, education. It was just not enough. And I knew right. I wanted more. So that's when I started HR Lab. We started in 2020 when it was like COVID times. And my big idea was that I have a lot of knowledge. I know a lot of things. I have a lot of knowledge that I can help to have a more skillful workforce. What do I do? How do I like, how do I start? Yeah. I found out that there's like apprenticeship programs. There's the APHR certification, which is incredible because you don't need experience. Right. You will certify it to be certified. And, and it's still from a very, very good resource. Like it's from HRCI. Yeah. So it's a very credible source that you can have your certification from. So that gave me the idea that I can train these people, people that, you know, like that have been laid off, people that are just entering into this crazy, crazy economy where yeah. it's like, it's just so scary. Uh And that's how, you know, like I was like, and I also need to help the companies, the companies that don't have HR, right? A lot of small and medium-sized companies do not have HR. Just because one, either they don't know, simply Uh none of us knew what HR was until we got into it, Mm -hmm. or they don't have the resources. If they're coming from a corporate experience, they know what HR is. They, they're able to manage a lot of things. Yeah. But at the same time, they just don't have the financial resources because they're a small business. Exactly. They have many other fires to put out. Yeah. So that's been, you know, like the vision and mission behind HR Lab. Educate employees and professionals to make them better professionals, to help them more skillful in the workforce, mm-hmm. and also educate and empower businesses to do things right, to do things the compliant way and give them the support that they so, so need because they're just, you know, they're people like us, everyone. We're all people. We have to support each other. It's so true. And I'm so glad that your journey led you in this direction because what you're doing is really needed. And I know you're based in, um, you're based in LA in the US. And I know a lot of times in the US, a lot of companies don't do things the right way. And so even though they have all these laws and they have all these policies and stuff, people still don't do things the right way. And for a small business, it's even harder. So I think that where you sit right now and how you support your clients really is a great thing to be doing and, and, and supporting. With that being the case, though, I know like there are so many organizations, there are so many HR professionals who are consulting um what have been some of the challenges in terms of having to compete with other HR professionals for business that's a great question because you know one thing that I'm seeing more and more of is it's interesting right so a lot of times I actually feel some resistance from the business owners when it comes to competition because sometimes when they talk to me they expect to see someone that's you know like older of age you know like more experience and It's, it's interesting because, you know, like it's, it's the whole, it comes back to the whole like judging, right? You know, yes. like it is what it is. We have to call it. Bias, creating biases. Yeah. Right. The biases, you know, because one time, you know, like, it, it, like very recently we had a zoom call. It was a meet and greet with a potential client. And the moment the camera turns on, I was like, hi, hello. You know, how are you? And then she looks at me, the lady looked at me and she said, oh, you're Anna. And I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I might be cheery. I might be like saying hi in the happiest possible way, but that doesn't take away my experience. My, you know, like I've, exactly. I've gone through a lot. I know I have the experience. Yeah. And, you know, as we talked, like towards the end, she couldn't help herself. And then towards the end, she said, so what makes you qualified? 
<laughs> and I said, well, does the fact that I have an MBA and it's in like SPHR certification, like senior professional human resources, will that do for you? And I, it was right after that where she, in a way, she kind of like, you can tell that she calmed down and she was yeah. like, oh, okay, you know, and she did become a client and she loves me now. Right. <laughs> but it's still, you know, like that's one of the challenges that I do see in the mm-hmm. field as being like an HR consultant because people expect to see someone that's, you know, like older of age, yes. maybe possibly retired, you know, because somehow to us, you know, like does the community population, whatever you want to call us, yeah. but you know, like we still judge and it's, it's, that has been one of the main struggles and challenges, I would say, because once they get to know you, they see that, okay, you can help me, right? Yes. Like, you know, what's struck, you know, you can get help me with strategic solutions. You can help me with this, that, okay, compliance. Okay. You know, the laws, oh, okay. Yes. You know that I need this. Yes. So but it's just pretty much getting your foot in the door mm-hmm. is the main challenge, I would say, yeah. in like when competing with other professionals and in, you know, just talking to clients as well. Yeah, definitely. I, I see that happening a lot um, with so many professionals being so experienced and mature um, that it is harder if you do look, you look younger, but the question I always ask, like when it comes to that is, you know, I have all these years of experience in the space, like let's do the, let's do the work here. I've led a very successful career over the last however many years. um, And I'm here to bring value um, for you to determine my worth so early in the game makes no sense because you have nothing to to go on other than my clients or or whatever. So I find like, that's that's one way I try to challenge people I try to get them to see beyond the accolades and look at yeah she couldn't be in this career for so long if she didn't have some measure of success right exactly yes yeah yeah but to your point I totally understand that and I know it can be a challenge but you named your company HR Labs so that makes perfect sense to me with your science (laughs) background now why you would name it why you'd name it HR Labs, am I right? <laughs> yes, yes. And what else? Well, actually, <laughs> I started another company before, like at some point, uh-huh. you know, I guess, you know, like one thing I did realize that I have always been an entrepreneur, right? Like, you know, I yes. had it in you, you know, in like you. that's yes. interesting. But I, before HR Lab, I actually started another company that was called the Compliance Lab. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so... <laughs> With the compliance lab, however, you know, like I want to say that, you know, looking back now, you know, like I know that I still could have gone forward a lot in the career because compliance is never ending, like we discussed, but I did not have the resilience back then to kind of like move forward, you know, like just to push forward. And it was, you know, like I was trying to get into like doctors, more like into healthcare. Yeah. And doctors in LA, you know, like they have a lot of like small clinics where again, they're able to manage things. Many, many times they do things, you know, like unlawful, as you said, Yes. but it was hard to get into them because, you know, like they have a very closed community, you know, now I have a lot more resilience, you know, like, I mean, I've done things in my life now, like I had experiences, like, you know, like the simple running for a marathon, you know, like running a marathon taught me that, you know, like if you're consistent, you will get there. You will get there. Yes. But back then it was just different. You know, I, I was much younger and unexperienced. So there was the compliance lab which did not, you know, grow, yeah. but it's okay. We live and learn. So exactly. exactly. yeah. 
So after the compliance lab, you know, whenever it was time for the second company, I loved the lab idea, which you said beautifully. Yes. (laughs) That part was interesting because I still love science, you know? So HR lab kind of like naturally made sense, you know, like there were other names, you know, like one of my advertising professors, I asked him for like some kind of like input and he was like proactive solutions or like proactive HR solutions. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I can't, that's not me. (laughs) Yeah. You got to do what sits well with you. Right. Right. Exactly. So HR lab said very well. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta say like, for as being an entrepreneur, especially in the HR space, one of the many challenges I see a lot of HR professionals face is with regards to social media and how you market yourself on, on social media. HR Labs Los Angeles has a very big following on social media. And again, I think to your point about consistency and sticking with it that you've been able to develop that but I I do love how your brand appears on social media what are some of the challenges that you you would have faced originally with like building your brand on social media what advice do you have for HR professionals who may be trying to build their brand on social media and struggling with it right now yeah that's 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 a very good question okay so when we just started social media I was getting the help of my amazing, most intelligent, like she's, she's so bright. It was my niece, you know, uh-huh. she helped me there. She was there with me and it was a challenge. Yeah. Our first one, we just started, you know, like I had a vision of how I wanted, like, you know, all co- color coordinated yeah. and everything. And at some point we looked at her and we were trying, right? Like we we're trying, but it would get like five likes. Yeah. And one of the things, you know, like one of the most important things is to not let those five likes get to you. Exactly. It's easier said than done, of yeah. course, because it does affect your ego because mm-hmm. it's like, I'm giving you value. Why are you not liking my post, right? What's yep. like, we always tend to think like, what am I doing wrong? But it's not you. It's just things take time. Good yeah. things take time. So number one advice would be never get those likes, get to you, keep going. Yeah. So we started, we did it, you know, we we're making our posts together, you know, like it was teamwork. And then at some point after trying for a very long time, well, like a month or so, my sister looks at my, like, you know, I had her like, look at the feed, like, you know, like the Instagram feed. And she's like, what is this? What's going on? You know, like, look at these colors and like, nothing is coordinated. And I was like shocked because we've been trying, right? Like we tried and everything. And at the same time, you know, like it was literally like it was it was good feedback because it was valid. As I looked at it from her eyes, you know, like I did see that, okay, the blue is there, but it's still not coordinated. Right. So that's when we decided to re-strategize my niece and I, Nelly and I sat down and we started it, it. That changed us because we literally started having a consistent flow. We right. literally decided how we were going to have an HR fact and then a did you know and then a like a carousel, a quote, you know, like there was structure, like there is no tomorrow. Yeah. What we would do every weekend, every Saturday or Sunday, because we had to make it work, you know, like she's in Washington, we had to make sure that the times work and she was in school. So we had to lay everything out, you know, with our little hearts and stars and squares. We would have like little like symbols for every single type of a post. Right. And we just plan things out. Yeah. Plan the hashtags, plan, you know, everything, the colors, the, the coordination. We even made a fake account where we would just look at this, at like how it would look, the outlook. There's right. a lot of different applications for this now, mm-hmm. but I can make it easy for you. But, you know, we just wanted to make sure it looks good. It looks right. Everything's there. There's yeah. structure. 
So that's one thing that I would absolutely advise. That's another thing that I would advise, you know, like HR professionals or HR companies that are looking to grow do have that structure because I see it a lot, you know, like where there's like either inconsistent fonts or just, you know, like different things, different colors. It's good to have different colors. I'm not, I don't have anything against that. But the, the, it has to be visually good looking. Yes. So that's been, you know, like that's been one of our like kind of like main strategies, making sure that we have consistency in posting, consistency with our fonts, consistency in our colors. If we're changing, making a color change, you can literally look at it as we're going through this right now. We're going from minty green to like the more this like, you know, like this good blue. So like you'll see, but the transition that we're doing, we're trying to do it in a subtle way where it's like transitioning and it still looks nice. Yes. You know, we're visual people and Instagram is still a visual platform. Exactly. Exactly. So let me ask you this because I feel like this is a a very good question, (laughs) important question that I want to have answered. Yeah. So um, Instagram versus TikTok. What are your thoughts? That's interesting. I couldn't, we, we tried, we tried to do TikTok, but TikTok to me, it takes time. Uh-huh. <laughs> it takes much more time than Instagram for me at this point, because I'm much better and more efficient in Instagram because it's just taking a time, you know, and like given like kind of like my generation, my generation is more Instagramming, so to say. Yeah. TikTok, we tried. And it's like the main thing for me, I get lost in TikTok. When I try to make those videos, Julie, I get lost in them. And I feel like I'm in this whole different universe. out and it's like this green screen. And then there's this other, like, what if I touch this? Or what if I mess it up? And then I've deleted videos, like when I can, you know, like when I was trying to make one. I deleted the whole thing and made me upset. And then it's just, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. And at the same time, I look at my little nephew who's six years old and he comes in and he's like, Anna, look at this TikTok on I made. And he's dancing to it. You know, like he's just like, he's doing his thing and it's uh-huh. easy. For him. He's teaching me stuff and he's six years old. Oh, wow. So I would say if you can do both, it would be good to do both, right? It yes. would help you grow much faster uh-huh. and you're reaching out to different target audiences. Instagram yes. is more, you know, like it's, it's different age categories too. With yeah. TikTok, you have a different reach of more like Generation Z. You have millennials too. It's a little, it's more broader of a target audience. Yeah. So it, it just really depends on your goals, what you're trying to do. But for me, it was Instagram because TikTok is just, you know, like, you need the time and the patience because things yeah. take time. Those time. videos take a lot of time. It takes, it looks as if it's only a minute, but they take time. It takes a lot of takes to make those Yes, <laughs> it, it, does. it does. It sure does. So, you know, like even with our team members, like, you know, like, cause we, we, we decided to take turns, you know, as we we're making them and it was literally, okay, I'm going to make the TikToks tomorrow because that's when I'm going to spend time, put makeup on, do this, do that. It takes yes. dedication and commitment and consistency. So mm-hmm. if you can, I think you should do it. But yeah. To me, it was just way too much. <laughs> but it is possible to develop and grow your business using TikTok. If Absolutely. You have, if you yes. take the time to do it and your message. Absolutely. Yeah. I love the fact that there you're, you can do it in 15, 60 or three minute videos. Um, and it's quick and easy to learn it's educational yes 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 Yes. very much so thank you for sharing that (laughs) (laughs) tell us what are you reading watching listening to right now that you think our audience would enjoy I am reading right now I'm reading a book by Raz Fishkin it's um 
It's called Lost and Founder. Okay. So it's so Fishkin is the CEO. He was the founder of Moz, you know, the SEO company. Uh-huh. And it's very, very interesting because he talks about the struggles of a startup company, of a, being a founder of the company, how he started in, I believe, 2003 or so, or 2001 uh-huh. with his mom. They've had struggles. They've had debt collectors after them. So it's, it's a very interesting book and insight because he talks about his journey and a lot of things we can relate to those things, yeah. right? At some point, he talks about values, how it's really important to hire not just, you know, like not, you're not supposed to be hiring and thinking, oh, I'll change this person's values. Right. That's impossible. You know, it's oh. unless they want to, they're not going to change. You can never change anyone in any relationship. Yeah. So he talks about how it's important to hire with the right values in mind, how it's important to have a vision. You know, the things, it's the standard things that we hear all the time. However, they're really important to actually apply. It's important to have those values. Integrity is actually very, very important. Very important. And it needs to be high. It needs to be written somewhere. So when your employees come in, they see it, right? Like it's just there. Teamwork yeah. is important. So it's it's a very interesting book about, you know, how like there's the struggles of a startup company. And one thing that really stood out to me, it's very interesting. He talks about how HubSpot wanted to buy Moz at some point. Okay. And at that point, whenever they were about to have that meeting, HubSpot's B- CEO goes to, um, goes to Fishkin and he says, well, you know, like we want to buy your company for like $20 million. And he says, I went to talk to my wife. I talked to my grandparents and they realized that, you know, like, no, it needs to be 40 million. Goes back to the CEO of HubSpot and he says, okay, no, 40 million is what we're thinking of, you know, like selling the company for. And HubSpot comes back and says, no, 25 million is what we're agreeing to like, you know, buy your company for. That's what it is. And he says he thinks about it at that point with the investors and all those things, he would have $8 million from that deal. Right. And they say, no, they say no to the deal. Uh-huh. And he's like, do I still think about that as $8 million? And he says, yes, of course I do. I, you bet I do. The fact that I don't have a house right now, you know, like I don't own a house, a mansion. He's like, every time I remember that, I remember the $8 million. Yeah. Every time he says, you know, my grandparents say that, oh, we're going to sell our house and buy a house in a different community, not the community that we want. He's like, I remember the $8 million. (laughs) And he says, don't get me wrong. I'm not poor. I'm able to do things, you know, in Seattle, you know, like live in a good area. I'm able to afford things that I really want. You know, I can travel. I can do many things. But at the same time, you know, he's like, I still remember the $8 million because that's a lot of money. Yeah. So it was. It was, it's, it's eye-opening and I still think about it, right? Like, because as a business owner, you think of it and you're like, okay, but am I going to follow my mission and what I want to do? Yeah. Or you're going to go with the $8 million because you still can apply the $8 million to your mission, right? Like yeah. you can, you can educate still, you can help nonprofits. There is so much you can do, sure. but just how do you know if you ever make the right decision? <laughs> you don't. You You don't, you don't the thing. And that's the beauty of it. So that was, it's interesting. It's a very good book. Yeah, that sounds good. I'm going to add that to my list for sure. Yes. (laughs) Share the link to that with our listeners when we release this episode. Yes. So I, that I, and I love reading books. Um, (laughs) Another book I really love. It's by Chris Voss. Never split the difference. Okay. It's really good. Uh 
you know, Chris Voss is that he used to be an FBI negotiator. So ah. he has like, he has very good techniques of like, you know, and I've been using that technique in so many different things. Julie, uh -huh. and it works like magic every time. I even wow. use that to pretty much negotiate like how much we're going to buy our German. Like we got this little German shepherd puppy and I used Chris Voss's technique of FBI negotiation. Wow. I'm negotiating the price for the puppy and it worked. <laughs> okay. You gotta give me a, you gotta give me a yes. snapshot of what that looks like. Absolutely. Tell me, I want to hear. <laughs> it's, it, it's interesting. So basically, you know, he says whatever, every time you're in a negotiator, you're trying to say things, you don't just like start attacking the person, right? Like in, especially in negotiation, you yeah. would start with something like, it seems like you and I are trying to come to an agreement. You know, this is my budget. Let's say I'm just bringing up as an example, you know, like yeah. you're telling me that, you know, like the German shepherd puppy is $600. My budget right now, like, you know, like what I can afford is $350. How am I to move forward? If you think about it, the person on the other line, they'll be like, I don't care. You do however you want to do. The price of the puppy is $600. You know, right. it's not $350. But every time I tried it, you know, when, you, when you ask, when you start something from, it seems like, or this is what we're trying to do. Yeah. And then you ask, how am I to move forward? How am I to do this? They literally come up with a solution for you. It works like magic. Oh, I'm definitely trying that. Try it, please. Try it and tell me if we're it works. Or it actually works. <laughs> yes, we are definitely going to talk about that again. Okay. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, so there's that books, you know, I love podcasts, love, love, love podcasts. They're the best. I love listening to podcasts as I'm running, walking, because it's literally the best way to get this vast knowledge from people yeah. that are leaders in the field, different fields. I've listened to it for so many different things, search engine optimization, social media, HR, anything you want to see, like anything and everything. I love podcasts for because yeah. there's everything for everything we'll learn it it's true i love that that's so cool <laughs> <laughs> so tell us anna younger anna talking to more experienced older anna now what are some of the things that you would say to your younger self about being in hr what advice would you give yourself I always like to say that we are who we are because of our experiences and what we go through. So in terms of experiences, as hard and as horrible they have been, some of my experiences, you know, like terrible, you know, like betrayal, all those things, different things, right? Like yeah. as bad as those experiences have been, I still, I would not want to like not live those. I was, I'm glad that I had those. I love the experiences and they shape me into who I am today. Okay. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, one thing that I would advise to the younger Anna would be to network more yeah. and question things more. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's what I would tell her because, you know, like when we're, and that's one thing, that's one of the main things why I want to have these lives, these courses that I'm teaching yeah. is because I want to educate people on what they can do at a younger age. Yes. No one told us when I was in, like, when I was going to my, for my bachelor's, they would say there's a career fair, go to the career fair. It's really important to go to the career fair, but no one would really explain that. Why? Why? Why would I want to go? And then like, they would always start with like, make sure you get a resume, make sure you get, you dress professionally. And then you go to this career fair. Well, one, if you're a student dressing professionally sounds intimidating, very, very intimidating. Yep. Making a resume sounds even more intimidating, right? Like there's workshops and everything, but it's just, 
no one they, they've stated these things but it's literally in the air yeah so like i would make sure that i explain to people that if you want to go to the career fair you don't have to get the job but make a connection talk yes. to this recruiter learn something ask them what they're looking for when like you know like when they're looking to hire an experienced person an inexperienced yeah. person just question things so you have that knowledge that yeah. i would that i would definitely tell the younger anna Oh dear, you're giving younger Anna very great advice. And I'm sure that <laughs> <laughs> those of our listeners who are trying to understand how they're going to move forward in their careers will greatly appreciate your advice as well. I, I hope so. I hope they do. I, yes. I especially now it's, it's easy. It's, it's not easy, but you have to make the effort to, you know, like just reach out to people, talk to people. I, I, I've definitely grown in that sense, you know, like it's not easy to talk to people, but at the same yeah. time, when you do talk, people are respond they respond back in a very they positive do. way so true just you know like it's an internal thing more if anything get out of your head and get out of your comfort zone right yeah, yeah definitely well I gotta ask you the big question what is the biggest misconception about HR that really bothers you that you want to set the record straight on right here right now oh my god I hate HR that's what I hear I can't stand that statement uh-huh. you know every time my coworkers and I, my team members and I, you know, like, like we have this conversation all the time where it's like, what do you do? Oh, I'm in HR. Oh, I haven't done anything. What do you mean? That's not even a funny joke. It's like, oh, don't fire me. Don't put me on performance management. It's like, it's, it's interesting because why would someone put you on performance management? Why do you think you should be put on performance management? Yeah. You question that, right? And it's not the HR professional that's doing the bad thing for you or to you, but it's more you or whoever it is, right? So that's one of the biggest misconceptions that I want to make sure that, you know, like that if there's going to be any legacy behind me, I want to make sure that people know that even though it sounds like HR is there for the company, yes, HR, like the company did hire HR. Yeah. Important to know and remember, but at the same time, we, the HR professionals, we're the advocates for the employees as well. It's not just the employer. We protect the employer. We have to. That's what we're hired for. But we also have the, the account. We have this very important responsibility to also protect the employees. Right. too. And we do. Yes. A lot of times we do, but we just don't like talk about it or because it's one, it's not right to talk about it. Right. Exactly. You're not going to go to the employee and be like, hey, guess what? I just saved your life. Yes. You're about to get fired. But I, I said that I told the employer that it's not based on your knowledge, skills, and abilities. So you're okay for now. We don't do that. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't do that. We don't do we that. We don't do that. So I want to make sure that, you know, people know what actually, what HR actually is. What do we actually do? The input that we actually give back. So it's not just, I hate HR. Yeah. But it's more like, you know, like at least back it up with a reason, like an actual reason. And you can't just really base your experience on just one experience with HR at your previous company. Oh, my HR person was me. Well, that doesn't make anyone for other HR person me. Exactly. It's not a blanket cover. Like it's not a a blanket. You can't paint every HR professional the same way. That's that's the one thing that... one of the many things that bothers me about people saying things about HR, HR is not your friend. Well, right. the HR that you experience may not have been your friend, but that doesn't mean we're all like that. Exactly. Who yeah. cares about the company? 
no, it's not necessarily true. The HR that you experienced may have only shown that they cared about the company and not you, but every HR professional isn't like that. And did you really understand the situation and the dynamics that were at play? Like, yeah, we need, like, I feel like that's so important to fix that. So, yeah, thank you so much for setting the record straight on that. Tell us what is next for Anna and HR Labs. There's so much goodness for HR Lab. (laughs) We started having online courses, you know, live instructor-led courses, business courses, communication courses, writing courses, and of course, the APHR certification preparation course as well. So we have all those courses available and we're working on even more because we realize that the need is there and there's a lot of people that want it, they like it, they want to get educated, you know, like just leadership in general, right? Like how to be a better leader and not a manager. Just those things, again, are things that, you know, like we hear, we, Mm -hmm. you know, like you hear it all the time, but it's really important not to do this just in the corporate world, but also in like smaller sized businesses, medium sized businesses, because that's how you will make sure that your employees are there for a longer time by being a better leader, by having the business skills, knowing how to talk to people, knowing knowing what to say right, you know, so all those things we want to, you know, pretty much kind of educate on through our courses. Yeah. So that's what we have going on. We have courses awesome. starting tomorrow on the 31st. It's really exciting. Nice. And just it's it's good stuff. <laughs> Great. That's awesome. And where can people find you and, and HR Labs on social media? We're pretty much on every platform right now. Every platform, you know, we're on Instagram, of course, on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. So you can find us, you know, just by Googling our, Googling our name and writing the platform. Yes. On Instagram, our handle is HR Lab Los Angeles. Yes. And on LinkedIn, you know, like just two, the two main ones, it's yes. HR Lab Los Angeles again for LinkedIn yes. too. So Great. that's where you can find us, you know, like our contact us is there. We're very responsive with the emails, you know, yes. and even Instagram too. If you message us on Instagram, we, we are going to get back um, to you very, yes. very promptly. So very good. you can reach us in all those platforms. Beautiful. Well, with that being said, Anna, you have survived your time in the sound booth today. Thank you so much for being with me. Thank you, Julie. And for having this conversation. I really appreciate it. I wish you and HR Labs Los Angeles all the best. And I look forward to just continuing to learn from you and building our friendship as well. But I'm so glad that you took this time to share who you are, what you do with our audience so they could see another side of HR. I appreciate you, Julian. I'm grateful for you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us in the sound booth today. I hope that you found this information from this episode useful. You can find me on all social media platforms at I am Julie Turney. That's I am Julie Turney. And you can find this episode or this show on most digital platforms. Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Thanks to Anchor FM and Rock Solid Entertainment for helping me to put this content together for you. And I will see you again in the next Sound Off.